Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Praise God. I, I want to do my best to you today to kind of, um, I don't know what the, the term is, um, preach, uh, speak, convey some things. I'm just, I want to give you a, a chunk of my heart today and talk to you about what our future uh, endeavors will be. And I want to uh, title this thing called Things Which Are Not. Things Which Are Not. And ask God to bless us. Would you go ahead and would you go ahead and bow your head with me? <clears throat> God, thank you. Thank you for this time right now. Thank you, God, for this faithful body. I thank you, Lord, for every believer. I thank you, Lord, for every worshiper in the house today who, who chose to make today intentional and a priority to be in your house, to lift up hands, to sing with a loud voice. I pray God bless us today. I pray that that worship we were able to give to you was acceptable to you. And I pray right now, put your word in our heart. Encourage us. Encourage this church. My God, help me, your, your preacher today. We thank you together. In your name we pray. Would you say his name with me? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Would you please, before you're seated, high five somebody. Say, welcome to Aphesus Church. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I began to jot down a, a list in my, in my time of study a few weeks ago. And <clears throat> it was a simple list. If you, my, my study style and my preparation style is, it has a lot to do with post-it notes and scrap pieces of paper and all those things. And then I take the time later after I do that, I, I type it out sometimes and um, I try to be good about putting it into uh, a clean format and saving that document for later or for that for that particular Sunday to preach to y'all or teach to y'all but <clears throat> I wrote something down and I put it in two categories I, I, I had a question what I want to do and what I can do 
And those are two different areas, amen? I hope we all understand. How many of you have hopes and dreams and goals and desires? I hope we all do. I, I think you need to have goals in life. I think you need to have a, a vision. The Bible is clear about that. Without that vision, that people will perish. And so I, I, that's why we today are going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to focus in that and give a little uh, clarity. But these two questions really are the thing that stand out to me most. And I, as I began to uh, put down and jot down on this little scrap piece of paper what I want to do, what my desires are, I began to make a, a, a list. You know, I want to continue I, a meeting house to house. And I want to continue to uh, start things. And I want to continue to see people saved. I want to continue uh, to teach Bible studies. I want to continue. I want to do all these things. I want to, I, I want the, the, the house of the Lord to, to, to better itself and grow itself and adapt. I want us to meet our neighbors and reach to our loved ones. I want us to be a church that, that takes on a, an identity that serves the community. I, I want these things. I want all those areas. And I'm asking God for a consecrated church, a holy church, right? A, a church that, that believes in the word of God. Amen? A church that wants to walk the walk and talk the talk. Not just, not just you know, hey, I, I threw on a, 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 a necklace around my neck and now I'm a Christian type of type of Christian. I want to I want to live it. I want to I want to talk like it. I want to walk like it. I want to be the real deal. I don't want to be just a candlestick. I want to be a lit candlestick. Amen. I, I want to be a light. I want to be saturated. I, I talked a little bit about this a couple house to houses ago at my home and I talked about that oil. And how uh, I, I looked into it. I began to have this moment of, of like questioning. Uh, should I cook a little bit differently? And what I mean by that is I use olive oil uh, quite a bit with stuff. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, does this olive oil, will it combust in my face? Because this olive oil was also used uh, in, in the candlesticks inside the holy, the holy place. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's interesting that they use the same oil to fuel the fire and I'm looking at it and thinking to myself here I am you know grilling some vegetables with the same oil is this thing going to blow up in my face that's those are the questions I'm having while I'm trying to feed this big old belly of mine so I thought to myself well let's study it out let's figure it out and I realized that uh, in order for that oil to to be fueling any fire it has to do with the wick and that wick has to be saturated and that wick must be put in that oil. And over time, the oil will draw itself up through the fibers of that wick. And only then, and then and only then, can you take fire to that wick in order to light that candle. And so I want us to understand, I want to be a church that's saturated in oil. I want to I be saturated in his goodness. I want to be saturated in his truth. I want to be saturated in his, in his, in his greatness. I want to be saturated in such a way that I... I can hold the light that he's given me. And it's so vital, too, that, you know, it was important. Uh, I, I talk about this. We pray through the tabernacle. Trim the wicks. Talk about that. Well, that wasn't just, uh, you know, a 
standard thing. It was a must. You just can't start another fire with a burnt old, you know, dingy old wick that, that has, hasn't been trimmed in a while. You have to renew that. And I'm, I want a church that's a renewed church. I want a church that's, that's, that's coming frequently and faithfully and saying, God, address my spirit. Address who I am and address my walk with you. I, I, I need to be lit. I want to be a wise virgin, as the Bible says. I want to be ready. I want to be oiled. I want to be ready to be lit for you. These are the things that my, I put down. God, I want to. I want those things. But then I go to the next category. Well, what can I do? <laughs> well, I can't get you to do things, number one. You've got to do those things. As much as I, the pastor, want this church to do this, 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 and have all this giant list of things I want to do, unless you're with me, I can't do anything. What can I do personally? What can I do? And this is sometimes I have to get to this moment, even in my prayer, okay? I have to disassociate my prayers uh, for, for, for praying for me versus praying for the body. And, I, and because as the church body grows, I found that the body takes up a lot of my prayer time. And that's a, not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But what I do have to understand, there is only a list that I can do. Same with you. I want you to know I can't save you. Your pastor can't save you. <laughs> Your pastor can't give you the Holy Ghost. All right? Your Sunday school teacher, I, as much as you might like them and love them, and no matter how many snacks they give you, they can't get you into heaven. This location here, 6911 North Trenum Road, let me tell you what, it cannot take you to heaven. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive and counter like, well, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> no, it's up to you. You have to do these things. You have to take ownership of your soul. You have to say, you know what? I can have wants, but where can I meet these wants? How can I do these things? I want to really focus on one particular story to make my, myself a little bit more clear. Because uh, probably one example that emphasizes this is found in John chapter 6. And John chapter 6 is a familiar text and one that I would say uh, is, is very interesting because out of all the gospels here, this one kind of emphasizes who's there uh, in the midst of these people. Let's look at John chapter 6 and verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with the disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great, a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? I like verse 6. And this he said, to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Hmm. Verse 7. Philip answered him, Well, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them. 200 pennyworth is equivalent to about half a year's salary, by the way. That's some hungry people. <clears throat> this half a salary won't be able to fulfill their needs. That every one of them may take, he says this, that is insufficient, that every one of them may take a little. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here. And I just want to pause and say, this is the guy that's 
introduced into this gospel where the other ones kind of don't mention it. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes that are they among, are, but what are they among so many? He, he has this, uh, in my opinion, I kind of begin to think of this lunch bag. I asked my wife, I said, do we have any of these lunch bags? I grew up this way where my mom would make something and she would put it in a, a little sack like this. How many of you have, have grew up like this way? How many of you had one of these? Had maybe, did you have a sweet little mom to put a note in there too? Right? Were you part of the cool kid crowd that, you know, your, your lunch sack had like a superhero on it or some kind of specialized? Mine was paper, okay? <clears throat> and, and I remember my dad would get these and my dad would bring this same paper home at times. And he would, he would do this thing against the, the side of it. He would, he would take the same bag. I've watched him do this several times. I don't know why. Um, I, don't I, I knew money was, was sometimes tough, but I don't think it was that tough. But he would do this. How many of you know that trick, right? Got to straighten out the wrinkles. And then you get that bag ready again. And he would, you know, mom would stuff that bag or, you know, dad would probably stuff that bag. But I don't know. I just, it's easy to, to mentally think of a, you know, a lunch, a lunch bag that this lad had that was probably maybe prepared uh, uh, by his mom, something had Five barley loaves, two fishes. That's, that's one opportunity to look at it that way. It's kind of hard sometimes to get away from that perception. So please, please allow me to just say that there's a lad here with a bagged lunch. And they say, well, Jesus, we only have five loaves and two fishes. This is, this is not enough. This, this won't do it. Okay. Verse 10. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, the number about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they would, they, they were filled. He said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remained, that nothing be lost. They collected. They, they, they fed the entire group. Now, uh, other gospels say there are 5,000 men plus women and children. Uh, it could have been 7,000 people. Who knows? Uh, if, if the Floyd family was there, it could have been 10,000 people. Uh, you don't know how many people were there, but we know for, we know for a fact that at least 5,000 men were there. Yes. Okay, when they don't really speak of the women and children in a number, but obviously we know a children was there, a lad was there. Amen. So, <clears throat> verse twelve, they feed everybody. Jesus says, "Wait a second, let's gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost." I appreciate, I appreciate someone who cares about things not being lost. Amen. This isn't in part of my notes, but my God, thank you, Lord, for for someone who loves some leftovers. <laughs> Hope my family hears me today. <laughs> when they were filled, right, they gathered up the fragments. Verse 13, therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that, that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. It wasn't until 
<laughs> that Jesus feeds this multitude, that this group of people now affirms that he is something special. Right. It's interesting how this works. It's interesting how people only respond to Jesus unless Jesus gives them something. And I, I want us to understand something about our humanity and our character that we all have this. How many of us truly don't believe Jesus until he gives us that job we've been praying for? How many of us really won't say Jesus is my God until, uh, until he answers that prayer I, I desperately? How many of you will only choose to treat Jesus as a kind of like a, 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 a little coin you put into that little game and you, you get your wish and, and it comes something pops out and gives you an answer and says, you know what? If God doesn't give me this person in my life, well, then he's, he's not God then. I, I want us to be careful because that's, that's not what God intended us to treat him like that. But I, I digress. This is, not that, this is not that message today. I want to talk to you a little bit about this miracle. And, and many times in your Bible, I know my Bible and several other Bibles, this particular place in Scripture is called uh, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. But I don't necessarily think that that's the miracle in itself. Yes, that's an attribute of the miracle. That is really the, the miracle for me is actually 5,000 people. And there was only one kid in 5,000 plus people <laughs> that not didn't have food but gave up his food here I want to take just a quick quick test of the of the church today how many of you in the church barring the fact that we don't we serve coffee and, and donuts in the morning how many of you maybe ladies you could help me out you've got a purse how many of you have a little mint or something in that purse how many of you have how many how many uh, um, individuals in here with parents how many of you have little snacks maybe little cheerios for the old kids right I mean there's probably especially with our church we probably have six or so moms that have a snack ready to go okay we're, we're, there's about probably 80 people in here at least maybe and give or take but we're talking about 5,000 plus people yeah. and the only person to come forward <laughs> and say I have something was a little lad yeah, yeah. and I can't help but think my Lord why just one out of that 5,000 to make it, it make, make the point that you know what I, <laughs> well this is this is all I have. Ugh, this is embarrassing. But could you give this to Jesus? Could you could you give it to him? I I I heard I overheard you talking about feeding people. This is this is it. I'm not sure who could feed. I, maybe just the five of you. <laughs> That's all I have. That's really the miracle today. The miracle is in the fact that only one decided to take what he had and offer it up to Jesus. Think about this in this terms, or this way I should say. 4,999 missed out on what God can do in their life. 
that's a huge number to me to consider that there was such a vast difference. And yes, there had to been some good, good old adults in there who knew how, how to be hospitable, that knew how to uh, uh, manage things and understood that the day was going to be long or I, I have something put away in my backpack just for the right moment. And, but still, when, when the, the moment came, when, when Jesus even said, and I, I go back to it if I can here, we look at it in John chapter 6, we see here in, in, in verse 5, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what was going to happen. I, I, I really struggle here on Jesus' side because knowing how I've ministered over uh, several years, uh, there's sometimes I can look across the body and I can, I can guess a little bit on, on certain things. I can feel a little, little what's, what I'm giving out and what's coming back. I, can I say this? that As Jesus is preaching this message to the people, 4,999 of them are just shut off to what he really wants from them and only one of them is thinking God have what I've got so I say this and I bring this to the forefront of our minds here because I get back to my questions that I talked about before what do we want to do? And as those disciples began to come together and say, well, our, our wants is that we serve these this great multitude. Our, our wants is that we can feed these people. I want to be able to afford to a half salary of the year to be able to cater in some special food. This is my want. This is my desire. My want is that I can meet the need of, of the hunger that is happening right now. One of them says, well, how about we release them and let them come back? That was one of them. One of them wanted some more time. One of them wanted a more opportunity to go get what they needed and come back and hear the words of God. All those things. But when it came down, what could they do? You see a group of them say, I've got nothing. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough funds. I don't have the ability. I, I don't have the answer. That's what I can bring to the table. I have nothing. Kind of like saying things which are not. That's what I have. Then we see a lad says, well, I just have this. And I'll explain this a little more in depth. But I just have this to offer up. I looked at our city. And if you could put that first picture up, sir. <clears throat> Columbia's population, this is just Columbia, South Carolina. It's 137,541 people. That's just Columbia, Columbia City. That's like Richland 1, Richland 2 County, okay? I want us to look at that next slide for me, if you can. <clears throat> this is a pullback, if I can put it this way. It's kind of hard to see maybe a little bit from, from your seats, but this is Columbia as a map. All right? I, I don't know if you can see just a little bit, but I put in some colored areas, some colored stars, and our, our, you see our logo. This represents, this represents where our church is located in the city. 
The two red stars represent the other United Pentecostal Church that's in our organization. You have the church in Casey uh, that's pastored by Pastor Vole. You have the church in Lexington, one church in Lexington we're, we're no stranger to because they were members here, pastored by Pastor Roberts. And I also threw in that blue star right there. They're not part of our organization. They were at one time, but they're still in great standing. They preach the truth, and, and you, he, he preached here for us recently, uh, Pastor Scott Smith and Christ Center there. And I, I just want you to get a glimpse of, of what I'm seeing when I look at the map, because this is just me. I want to introduce to you my vision. Whenever I look at maps, I look at where our church is at. I don't know if it's just the minister, the pastor in me, but I just happen to look and, and I think to myself, man, looks like there's a lot of churches on one side of our city. Amen. <laughs> Lonely old us are the only church there in that, that picture. Now, please don't let me go ahead and say this. It doesn't mean that there's not other apostolic churches out there that are not a part of our organization that are preaching some crazy doctrine, okay? I'm just bringing to you the statistics based out of our organization and showing you just a picture of that. Now I want to talk to you about this next slide. If you could put up the next one. South Columbia. This is the area by Garner's Ferry, this whole, literally it's South Columbia. I went and found uh, uh, regions and, and the population just in the South Hemisphere of Columbia. This doesn't include Casey. This is just right around, uh, basically, uh, uh, you could almost say from the stadium uh, over to Fort Jackson, that whole area. There's 44,477 souls. Just that area. Put it up the next picture, please. Irmo. Irmo's population is 11,758. Now that's a little bit, in my opinion, watered down because we know that there's areas like Lexington, Chapin, uh, those areas that kind of equate to that that whole area, uh, North North Lexington, I should say, and most of Chapin. That's what I consider that Irmo area. And of course, a lot of South Columbia bleeds into the, or North Columbia bleeds into that area as well. And I want us to understand that's 11,750 souls. Please put up the next one if you could. Camden. Camden, South Carolina. The population there is 7,907 souls. And I want us to understand again, this is just in Camden proper. This is not talking about the, the people that live out, the farmers, the, all the horses and all the good stuff that comes with Camden, right? It's a bigger number than that. But I want us to understand this as I'm trying to give us a little clarity of what I'm trying to bring to you as, my, as, as the pastor and someone who came here on this premise alone. I didn't come here to pastor this church alone. I came here with a vision and a desire to say, God, I'm going to do my best to pastor a church that believes in growth, that believes in going to the next place and going to the next level. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean always adding more square footage to our building. Although, my God, we need it. Lord, you know, you know, we could use more space. But that's not always the case. And this is flashback to 2020. COVID hits us really hard. We are running this number right before March. 
of 2020. When COVID hits and they say, okay, you can't meet together, we had to, we had to change uh, and, and shift gears and do whatever we could to continue to have church. In the process of that, we lost probably 30% of our faithful body, maybe a little bit more. We gained some few, but we also lost some people. And we lost some people. No one, lo- no one died. Okay, no one passed away. But I believe we, we lost some people just from a, a, a lack of relationship. <clears throat> but I want us to understand, as this time went and came, I began to think, well, well Lord, <laughs> I was looking for another place back then, a bigger space. But then when we were hit with COVID restrictions, I said to myself, well, Lord, you know all things. You knew this was going to happen. Maybe, maybe we're fine where we're at. Because we had to change, our, our, our averages changed drastically. And so we continued to meet, continued to stay faithful, kept doing what we we're supposed to do, worship God, assembling as such as we should. But the, the issue is that I want to bring our attention to today. We're back from a place where we, we've lost and we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to add people and connect with people. I had several text messages today saying, Pastor, sorry I won't be there out of, out of town for the, for the holidays. I wish I was there, and uh, and uh, please, please uh, forgive us for not being there. And I, of course, want every family to have a good time, a great vacation, eat as many hot dogs. I want people to beat the hot dog champion. Okay, I, I'm okay with that. But here's what I got to say is that there's, there's a good group of people not here with us today because they're doing other things, and they'll be back with us as well. We, we are definitely in a need for more space. But in 2020, God spoke to me, gave me some clarity, and, and, and even 2021 and 22, that I had it in my mind, that I had it in my heart and in my spirit, that God, I've got to get this church to its next building before I plant another church. And God's like, well, how about you read the word of God and show me where you find that? Right, right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh Lord, you ain't got to be so mean about it. <laughs> <laughs> God, God says, why don't you take the time, go, go, to the, go to the actions of the apostles. So I went to the book of Acts, and this is where God put in my heart to start, start putting together a house-to-house initiative and getting us to meet together and saying this is the goal of the house-to-house so that God can reign in our homes, number one, but number two, reign in our communities. And so as God began to bless those endeavors and trust us with that, that, that call and that task, uh, I, I, we've gotten to a place where I, we are part of a district, a great district that's ever trying to grow and address some things. Well, one of the things that they asked is that if you plan to ever plant a church in whatever, we ask that you, as the pastor, be honest and come forth, put in applications, you know, do those things so that you're not being, you know, we, we prefer you not to grow and build a church right away and then all of a sudden, uh, come and, and put an application and we are our hands are tied and, and we can't you know say certain things because you've already did what you, you, you've come to do so I'm, I'm a man under authority I don't know about you that's just how I live okay I just believe that the anointing flows in a certain direction and so I put myself under it like like I put myself under a shower head I want that anointing to flow, so therefore I, I subject myself under authority. And so I put down three places. I put down Irmo, I put down Camden, and I put down South Columbia. And I said, Lord, um, these are the areas that I see from the map. Could you put that first map up? <clears throat> 
These are the areas that just stepping back, I looked at it, I'm like, there's nothing there in that area. There's nothing there in that area, nothing there in that area. If you put that projected map up, <clears throat> I went ahead and kind of put those symbols there because as of June of this year, we have this church, this church, your pastor. And I say this again, this church has been approved to start works in those areas. Yeah. That's, that's my want list. I want the ability to plant a church. A, and, and, and what I mean by that, I want the ability for us as a church to say, God, put that burden in my heart to recognize that there are souls upon souls upon souls in this city. And if we can, if we can put a campus closer to them, that they're willing to get out of their room and come to us and worship and, and know who God is and hear the preached word of God and, and let, the, let the conviction of the Holy Ghost touch them, that they come to an altar of repentance, that they're baptized in the only wonderful name of Jesus and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And so when we came here, I didn't come here, me and my wife didn't come here solely just to grow 6911 North Trenton Road. We came here to see what God can do if we allow ourselves Amen. to offer him something. I want to be a little more clear. I go to my opening text again, and I want to reread what God does. God hath chosen, 1 Corinthians 1, 27, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God hath chosen. Yea, this, this gets me right here. And the things which are not, meaning God's chosen nothing, to bring to not things that are. He does this set that no other flesh is glorified. I, I want us to understand the motive of what we're trying to do is not build up our brand. <laughs> it's not. Our motive is to build his kingdom. And that he gets all the glory. That he gets all the honor. That he gets all the, all the praise and the worship. That, that everything that I'm able to give to him. Here's how I want us. Just as crazy as 4,999 people said, no, I don't want to give up what I have. That's the vast type of numbers I'm talking about that our church isn't compared to this great area. The metro population area of this entire space of Columbia and the surrounding area, this whole area, probably areas that you commute to and fro from work and home, is 800 and 829,470 souls. Can I say this? That 80 isn't doing enough. Can I remind us that God, God didn't need five barley loaves and two fishes. Can I even say that? God just needed a lad to open up a bag. Hear me. The miracle wasn't even in five loaves and two fishes. The miracle was just a lad and his willingness. And I want us to hear that today, that where's my willingness to say, God, here's my nothing. 
This is all I've got. I don't have nothing. God's like, that's okay, because I use the things which are not to bring forth those things that are. That's what I do. And I want us to understand as a church, and we can all stand, and I'm closing with this. And this is not one of those rush to the altars and, 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 and repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. This is not, not, not we are against that. <laughs> this is one of those saying, God, here I am with nothing. I chose to come with just this bag, by the way, and not fill it up with, I could have bought some bread, I could have bought some fish, I could have done those things, but this is the real point. The real point is that there's nothing in the bag. All right. All right. It's nothing in the bag. I bring him my emptiness. I bring him what I can't do. He looks in there. He licks his fingers, and he says, that's just enough. Well, how does this translate to us for moving forward? I'm asking you to be with me and give your nothing to God and saying, God, help me grow the kingdom of God in my city. Help me do something. Let me, just, let me just read some examples of what God can do. Joshua 6 and 20. Let me just say this. God gives the people of Israel an entire city with just a march and a shout. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Gideon in Judges 7, what did he give? He just gave a trumpet, a pitcher, and a lamp. We know that those 300 men had no business defeating such a great enemy. They say, hey, this is all I have. I even step further. David runs out to a field. In 1 Samuel 17, 45, then David said to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. You've got things. <laughs> but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. That the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. He just comes with a name and a name only. Can I, can I encourage us as a church today? I want to close this, this time in prayer. I want to ask us to bow our heads right now. Does anybody have an open bag today? That open bag represents an open heart and an open willingness. Say, God, I don't have anything. I don't have much. But God, allow me to offer you what I have. I'm here, to, I'm here to really speak against the lie that we continue to foster and continue to fertilize and allow grow in our hearts and our minds that we don't have enough to do something for God. That our, our house isn't big enough or, or our, my living room isn't decorated just the right way or I don't live in just the right neighborhood to invite somebody to come share a coffee and, and, and talk about the Lord in the space that I live. God, I, 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 I'm at work in this area. And God, I, I just, I don't have the charisma. I don't have the personality. That's just not who I am, God. But God, God's just asking, is there someone here in this great vast multitude who's just willing to say, well, I'll just give you what I have, my willingness. Man.
Church, he specializes. He specializes in things which are not things that you don't have. You don't have to have the bank account. You don't have to have the amount of money to pick somebody. You may not have the vehicle, but I'm telling you right now, you have willingness. If you have that, that's all he needs today. I want to open these altars and I'm going to ask for a specific type of people to come up to this altar. I'm only asking for those who are dead broke, who are, don't have anything, who are absent of resources, who don't have much charisma, who don't have much zeal, or who don't have much of anything. You don't have to have the best space. You don't have to have the right car. You don't have to live in the right neighborhood. I, I'm asking those here today who have nothing to come to an altar with open willingness. That's all I want. Is there anybody here who can hear me today and say, you know what, the feeding of the 5,000 is not the real miracle. The real miracle was a young man who had willingness. Come on, church. I picked a fight. I've picked a fight over the last few years in the spirit in this city. <laughs> The spirit of David got a hold of me, maybe a little bit too much sometimes. And I said, oh my God, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this area that is so steeped in, 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 a, in a tradition and a religion that's not the truth? My God, help us take this city. Help us take these communities. Help us go in and fight against those things, that some, some familiarity, some things that we think that we're safe and what we're really not. God, I pray, my God, what's happened to real truth, real divine truth, Lord, that hasn't been preached in this area? I pray, God, as, 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 as the thing that you gave me eight years ago, as I drove into the city and I saw the openness, I saw the possibility. I pray, transfer that spirit, transfer that thing into these people. Help them to see what you can do with nothing. Hallelujah. 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 Nothing. <laughs> Me and my wife and two kids, we drove here in a U-Haul and we had nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray right now, burden us. Yes. Burden us. Hallelujah. Burden us. God, hallelujah. Jesus. <laughs> burden us. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, you've got more to offer God than, than what you think. Church, listen to me. You have a wealth, a wealth of things to offer God. He will equip us with what you give. Hallelujah. Come on, these altars are open. Would you step out in faith? Would you trust that God's got you, that God can lead you to give you the words that you need to speak to a co-worker or to a neighbor, give you the boldness to speak up to a, a, a grocery store attendant, to speak up, oh God, in an intersection of your life and say, you know what, let me invite you to know God. Help me to be able to teach a Bible study. Let me, this is what God can do in us if we just give them our nothings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I had, I had recently, I told someone, a pastor back home in Florida, I should say. I said, hey, we were we approved to start three daughter works. And he said, how are you going to start three daughter works and pastor your church that you're pastoring? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I said, I wish I can go ahead and tell you the exact game plan. I thought I had a little bit of a game plan, but God changes things. But the burden that God initially set on my heart is not connected to my wisdom. It's not connected to the plan. So I say, God, you know these things. So what I'm going to do is trust your people. Because I'm one guy. I love my wife and I love my kids, but I can't, I can't burn them out either. I, 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 I can only do so much. So I look at a church who's, who's available. And I begin to write down my list. What do I want to do? I want to meet house to house. I want to start preaching points. I want to start looking for a place to rent and to buy. Then I get to my place where I say, what can I do? And I put down, well, I can open my heart to burden. I could do that. I could pray. I could fast. Then I, I wrote down last, give what I have. And I'm like... What do I have? I just don't have enough. Church, I'm with you. I don't have anything. I'm empty. Okay? I'm tired. I, I do a lot. My wife gets on me a lot about some things. She's like, you need to, you need to stop doing so much for certain things. And she's right. But I turn to you and I say, do I have anybody willing to empty themselves? And say, God, this is it. This is all I have. I just have willingness. I I, I, want to close in this prayer. Thank you all for those who faithfully stepped up, who got to the altar. I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray specific prayer for those in the altar. I want to ask you to lift your hands right now. My God, Lord, by the outline of your word, hallelujah, by the calling and the burden that you've placed upon me, God, I pray, I pray impart it in these wonderful people. God, I pray a Holy Ghost impartation in the name of Jesus right now upon every heart and soul who is willing to open themselves even though it's to offer nothing. God, you bring the things out of nothing. I pray in the name of Jesus right now, equip us. Equip us to speak words with boldness. I pray right now that your hand reaches forth to heal that God in our atmosphere and in our midst that your signs and your wonders are done. God, God, we're just not a church, Lord, that just wants to open and give out some good advice. But God, we want to be a church that demonstrates the power of your love, of your might, of your Holy Ghost. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, anoint these individuals. I pray right now, give them visions and dreams. I pray right now, give them talents, give them giftings, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, God, give them a hunger 
hunger to know you and a depth to cry out for you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Bless their going and their coming. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray these things over them. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, you don't need nothing. <laughs> we don't need anything. I can't wait to step back and see God be glorified. Hallelujah. My God, would you just all together one more time raise your hands. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 